The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Welcome back to week two, day two of our Spring Split European Team by Team preview episodes of the Rough Drafts Podcast. My name is Walter Cades Fedchuk. I am joined by my good friend Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. And Chase, yesterday we had a we had a really good episode, I think, about yeah. We're really excited about them. Like we're finally like hopping on that bandwagon with them. We love all the fans. We kind of are pumping the brakes today. We're kind of halting this excitement train kind of in its tracks uh, with today's team. But first off, how are you doing today? Look, I'm doing fine. You know, you gotta you gotta take the yin and the yang, right? That's the ultimate thing of Taoism: is that every Good will be balanced out by a bad, and you can't have a team as fun and as exciting as the Unicorns of Love and not have a team as sluggish and uninteresting and uninspired as Giants Gaming. And that's the team we're talking about today. In case you didn't read the uh, headline, probably, the, the title here at the top of the video. You know, I always I like always pop the team logo up afterwards because I'm like, oh, we're being all sneaky and everything, and I forget. Like, yep, it's it's in the title. It literally we're not hiding says it. We're talking about Giants gaming today. I'm not hiding anything by not having the logo on the screen. But I get to be creative in ways to try and introduce them. Yeah. And sure. Giants gaming, what a team to introduce because despite the off season kind of like meh feeling about them, they finished third place mm. in the European regular summer season they were three uh eight three and seven um then they lost in the quarterfinals this summer playoffs to unicorns of love one to three there was one really good night game and then the rest was very uh bad uh and then they were fourth place in the e regional losing oh three to unicorns of love um they were in the quarterfinals at iem gyeongyi they had the rookie of the split in their fantastic mid laner uh night and he was also first team all pro in europe uh, which was just kind of fantastic. He was an absolutely stunning player as a rookie, um, really sort of exceeded a lot of people's expectations. In that regard, uh, they made a lot of changes in the offseason. Uh, they replaced their top laner, Smitty J. Uh, their top laner now is Flaxish, formerly of pretty much any challenger team you could ever think of in history. Um, <laughs> he played for Nova in the North American Challenger Series last split with my good buddy Trance. Mm. Uh, they replaced their jungler Maxilor with Memento, who you might remember from his like 15 games on Rock at Chase. I'm looking at you. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I also remember Knight. 
Knight is still on this team. They somehow kept their sensational Korean mid laner. They made two 80 carry changes over the course of the offseason. First, they replaced Sonstar with Upset. Upset played pretty well at IEM Pyongyi. I was kind of excited to watch this kid in the LCS. Then he said, no thanks, I'm going to go play somewhere else. And rumors are that he's joining some super team in, in the Challenger series. Mm -hmm. He's now been replaced by HeQ, uh, who played for Iguana Esports in the uh, Challenger series, Open Challenger Series qualifiers. He also played for Supermassive in the Turkish League. Uh, so another Turkish Supermassive's challenger team. Let's be challenger crazy. team. There we go. It's not their the starting team. These challenger are, team. Yeah. So a third player to enter Europe after mining in in Turkey and and getting some experience over there. Three of them. This is our third one now. Let me just put it that way. Three, three players in this off season have played in Turkish leagues of some sort and are now in the LCS. And uh, they maintained their their support. Hustlin. He's been in the org now for a little while. Uh, he replaced. Godfred, like two splits ago, yeah. yeah, like a year ago now, uh, and their their coach Lozark, uh, one of the longest tenures of coaches in the LCS that no one actually remembers what his name is. Um, even me, at at times, I'm like, who's this guy's name? Oh, yeah, oh, Lozark. Yeah, it's not really a name that sticks in your head. Um, you can tell which direction the podcast is going today, Ch Chase. <laughs> Chase, yes, look. It's one of those things where if you look at it from a purely objective standpoint, right? Let's just look at the facts. Uh, the three players on Giants who got replaced are Smitty J, who didn't look particularly impressive, Maxlor, who had very clear weaknesses, and Sonstar, who wasn't such a, a pivotal part of the team that you felt like you had to retain him, especially if you're, you're looking at, you know, potentially freeing up an import slot. So I totally understand why they made changes at the position that they did. The question are, why these changes? Why these yeah. players? What are What is Flaxish doing for you in 2017? What is Memento doing for you? What's, what are you building your team around? Because I feel like, like just as a pure, as someone who likes to put on his general manager hat and backseat manage... As I always do, I am the Bill Simmons. I like to do the trade machine and everything else. I don't know what Giants are trying to build here. Are they trying to get a whole bunch of young guys to play around Knight and kind of grow with him? Well, then why do you sign a guy like Flaxish, who is such a clear, uh, established product, who's been around long enough? Are you trying to get, you know, some veterans to bounce around with them? You know, at least Memento and Flaxish have significant experience, but then why are you signing a guy from the Turkish challenger scene? I coach the Turkish challenger scene. Not necessarily great material to go straight to the EU LCS. There usually have to be some stops in between. I don't get this roster. I don't understand what they were trying to do, let alone what they have left. And that leaves me feeling about this listen, team. Listen. That, that is the audible, that is the best way to, mm. to audible audibly explain how I feel about this team. So, so this is the second top laner that you've got like your your this itch in the back of your head where you're like, uh Afari, uh Flaxish. Flaxish is come on, he's he's improved. Hold up. He's improved I over think, the last split. He's I think Alfari could be a top five top laner. Okay. I have no interest or care towards Flaxish. It's not that he's bad. I think he's a Mendoza line candidate. I, I watched a lot of NA Challenger series last split. He was the guy that was almost single-handedly carrying Nova into a top four finish and into the playoffs. Sure. 
I I understand he's been around forever. We know who he is. I, I think he turned it up a notch in the summer. I think that he's not the guy that you should be pointing to when you're looking at this roster and going, I don't understand any of these changes. He shouldn't be the first change that you look at and go, Flexish, why is he on this team? I think Memento, compared to Maxilor, is a bigger question mark for me. That's a weird Maxilor, I, I get that, the, that he had some weaknesses. He had some very definitive weaknesses. But he also had some pretty good synergy with Knight. Yeah. Like, he had some pretty good synergy with Smitty J, too. Like, he showed some flashes of, like, okay, like, yeah, we'll give this guy a little bit of time. Like, get him, you know, get him going. And, like, Memento didn't have any of that for Rocket. Right. I don't think there's any moment where I was like, yeah, Memento might be a good jungler next split. Like, give him, give him a split. Yeah, we'll see where he goes. Like, never. Not once. Walter, when you get a chance to sign a player with the same name as your favorite Christopher Nolan film, you have to take it, right? That's just how this goes. Dark Knight? Uh... I, I walked into that. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are going to talk about Knight here, so I guess, I guess so. I guess that's just their whole plan is to just build it up. If some player calls himself Inception, you can get an LCS contract within a year. It's, you've got time. You've still got time, Challenger players, to change I mean, your name. I, you're just, I just know you don't like Christopher Nolan. But speaking of Dark Knight, let's move on to the player. I think the only player or the only thing with this team that excites us, uh, even remotely, is, is Knight, the just outrageously talented Korean mid laner. I know I'm trying to find as many adjectives as I can to describe him. He's just really good. He's just really, really good. Like there are very few times where a rookie comes into a scene and not only is he the rookie of the year, but he makes first team all pro. Yeah. And from a mid lane position. Yeah. So chase. Tell me why I'm correct for being excited about it. Like all hail. All hail Knight. He is the one thing that is going to keep this team fun to watch. And I really enjoyed watching him play, mostly because, you know, as, as an analyst, you're usually seeing by the time players get to the LCS, they are known quantities. And Knight is about as far away from being a known quantity as we have had in Europe in a, in a very long time. And the way he improved week by week was incredibly impressive. They had a really good understanding of the kind of mages on which he could succeed, and they let him play to that style and built the rest of the team around that. He had a, you know, he loved playing these control mages, the Victors, the Azirs, the Vladimirs, you know, the his Cassiopeia was amazing, his Zillion was on point. You know, we saw all of these different things from him that allowed him to set his teammates up for success in team fights, but also be sure to dictate exactly how these fights went, which was huge because that made him responsible for 75.8% kill participation. That's incredible for a mid laner. That is a, a sign that a team has really decided to just let him be the focal point. And as soon as they realized that and rallied around it, they got significantly better in the win-loss column. They were able to do as well as they did in the regular season. The problem, of course, is that when you have one player that is so clearly good and is so clearly dictating the strategy around which the rest of a team is playing, that means it can be targeted. And that's what we saw in the playoffs, is that people started going after Knight. They said, okay, Knight isn't going to beat us. Who else on your team will? And so now it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, I don't feel like they did a lot to alleviate the stress that Knight, you know, is going to be taking on on this roster. I don't think that things have gotten any easier with Memento as your jungler, with mm -hmm. Flaxish as your top laner. I 
you know, this this feels to me like a guy who's going to be facing the same amount of pressure that he did in the playoffs, but now every week. And watching him and seeing if he can rise to that occasion, if he can take another step forward in his career, that would be the most fun outcome by far. Because then we'd have a truly special player on our hands, the kind of guy that's going to last around in Europe for a long time. And he has the potential to be that guy, which is very exciting. He feels very Tracy McGrady to me. Mm. Back back in his prime, like I like that. Where where they were always where the Rockets, where the Magic, wherever he was playing, were always trying to find the right pieces to put around him. Mm-hmm. And uh, granted, this is this is year two, split two. Um, but normally, you try to change the system. Like when a system doesn't work, you try and change what happens around it. And granted, like Giants, they finished third in the regular season. Um, I think that was more of a product of the middle of the European League was very, like, everybody was all pretty much the same. Yeah, you go from Giants to Schalke from 3 to 8, and, like, everybody was very, very similar in their play style, and it sort of came down to matchups and winning one extra game here and things like that. So I, I really, truly think Giants lucked into that third third spot, that third seed. And this team just looks very similar to the construction of the roster last year. You have yeah. a guy in the top lane that has a very strong propensity for trying to carry. No matter how much you dislike Flaxish, how much, no matter how much you're like, yeah, I don't think he's very good, uh, he's a carry-style top laner. Absolutely. That's when he's at his best, when mm-hmm. he can really exert a 1v1 matchup, when he can then exploit that, snowball it, and then go into uh, the rest of the lanes. He is the prototypical poppy player in the current meta of give me two kills and I will then make the rest of the team cry because I am too strong for them to deal with. Something very similar to Smitty J on Fiora. Um, Max Lormemento, I think it one had a little bit more upside, but essentially they are very similar players in terms of their roaming, in terms of their gank pathing, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then this bot lane, it is going to be... I, Upset, I thought, had way more upside, and it's. I'm kind of disappointed that he left. Now you're left with this guy, Hiku, that you're probably going to be putting into the same position that you put Sonstar in for most of the split. It's going to be play utility carry to kind of help further enable Knight. Don't really play something that's super hard carry, and if you get lucky on your utility carry and you can be a carry, good for you. If not, help Knight kill people. Um, so I, I just really, I agree with you. I don't understand the direction that this roster is going. I don't see what the overall plan is, which brings us to what makes you most nervous, Chase, which you have two O's. You have ownership and off-season. So, so how about you explain that to us? Why do these things make you nervous? Look, I, I'm, I try to be political about these things, right? Mostly because I understand I don't know what's going on in Giants Gaming head office. I don't know what's going into the decisions that they're making, because I am not them. I've heard some stories, because I have sources, obviously, over in Europe. I did coach in Turkey for a while. You know, you get a lot of people around there. Um, You know, we're all in the same scrim channel, guys. But I have to say, I have never been more just baffled by an offseason. What was the point? What was the goal? What was your intended outcome when you went into this? Uh, You know, you look at Memento. What does Memento do that wasn't already being done by Maxlor? In fact, what does Maxlor not do that made you say, oh, we need to go out and replace him, but not with a guy that has, you know, some huge price tag to him or, you know, getting another Korean player in because, by the way, they still have an import slot, decided not to use it. Instead, let's lock ourselves in to one of the weakest junglers that we have seen on an LCS level. 
And it's weird because the same thing that you would say, well, Maxlor, you know, he had a limited champion pool and that, that held him back. Memento only played three champions any with any sort of decency or proficiency. I don't understand that move. I certainly don't understand why you as an organization would release a statement when Upset decided not to sign with you guys, claiming that he had left the team when in all reality you hadn't signed a contract. And by the way, and this is something I will hold against Giants Gaming, it is reprehensible that the fact that you guys have been around in the League of Legends scene since 2013, you do not have anyone on your staff who can write a press release in English proficiently. That is embarrassing. These are... These are translation errors that keep coming up and it boggles my mind and you start thinking about wait isn't this the team that once had all of their players have to play at an internet cafe because they couldn't figure out how to get the housing situation set up and you're like oh yeah that is the same team isn't it weird how these kinds of stories keep coming back up and they keep kind of trashing players on their way out in this weird way because they don't pick their words very carefully and isn't it weird that most of their roster keeps getting turned over and turned over, and the only thing that's even left of their, you know, of what makes Giants Giants, I, I don't know. Like, there's, there's no consistency here. No one who comes there wants to stay. It's like the anti-unicorns of love. And at some point, you have to look at that, and you have to put together, well, you know, the off-season moves don't make much sense, and you have to question what the grand plan is. And that's not to say there isn't a grand plan. I am not Giants Gaming. I'm not going to accuse, you know, they've been around since 2013. It's been four right. years. They can't have accidentally lucked into relevance for four years. That's hard to do. But my God, I don't know. I don't have any idea what makes them look at this roster, look at the changes they made on paper at any of these movements and say that that was the right call. I don't understand how... You know, they look at how they've run business and they thought that the way they handled the upset situation was an appropriate response mm -hmm. to not having the decency to sign a player before you brought him onto a tournament and then allowed him to look great and then got mad at him for taking a better money offer. It's a terrible way to treat free agents. And trust me, every player who watched that remembers it. I guarantee you. I, I, I don't... It, it's, it's just... I'm trying... You know, I'm trying to hold it all in, man. But I just... I have I've tried so hard to make sense of hey, this. I just can't. I, I just can't do it anymore. I completely understand. I completely understand. There's uh there there definitely reeks of some mismanagement here, especially when yeah, we do say, Well, you had a player that you liked. Why wasn't he contracted? I understand, oh, it's a tryout period, but then like right into your contract, you know, at at you know, whatever the day after I am Yangi, the player and the ownership will sit down and a discussion and a decision will be made on whether the t team wants to sign the player, have rights of first refusal, whatever you want to do. Team options like, are very common. It's not hard could, to write that in. You could do something to be like to like protect yourself. And even if not, even if you don't want to keep the guy, like that's common practice in North America where we'll just sit on the guy's contract. Yeah. We'll just sit on it and we'll get someone else to finally pay us for it. Sure, you got to keep paying the guy, but something tells me they weren't paying upset a ton of money in the first place. So I'm not I'm not a type of guy that is happy about stuff like that. When I hear guys are being held, you know, held to their contracts and not being let to go play for another team because they have outrageous buyouts, it pisses me the hell off. But that's something like ownership groups do and teams do. So it it really leaves a bad taste in my mouth that they did. They tried to throw him under the bus and be like, oh, you know, well, he didn't want to, blah, 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 it's not our fault. And then it comes out, oh, they just didn't sign him to a contract. <laughs> it was um, totally your fault. 
But the ownership is not who is on the rift day in and day out. That is true. While they made the decisions, they aren't the ones that play the games. They aren't the ones that are playing for their spots, that are playing to be in the championship. They just get to sit in their owner's box, and if the team makes the playoffs, great. Even better. If they get a championship, they get to put their team names on it. There are players on the rift who decide the outcomes of the games. And Chase, what do you think does determine the outcome of this season for Giants gaming? Well... Look, if Giants want to prove me wrong, and by the way, I want every team to prove me wrong that I ever say negative things about on this podcast, League of Legends is more fun when every team is good. Those are more fun games. Well, okay, that's fine. There might be one exception to this rule we'll talk about (laughs) later on this week. Uh, I have one. But other than that, it's one of those things where I want to be wrong about this team, but it's all going to come down to how good can these supporting players be? Can Memento learn how to play something other than Rek'Sai, Gragas, and Hecarim? And is he going to be able to pull off something like Hecarim against actual LCS junglers rather than the promotion junglers that he was feeding on? I'm not particularly confident in that as someone who watched Rocket week in and week out, but they're yeah. going to be depending on that if they want to stand a chance here. You know, is Flax just going to be a guy that draws away attention in the top lane? To me, he's a worse version of Smitty J in the fact that they're both carry top laners that try to draw attention to their lane and do really well when given some freedom to, to split push and do really poorly when forced to play in traditional team fight settings, which is a problem for both players, really, because of the way that Giants wanted to play this team fight oriented style. I'm not sure Flax just fits in great there. Uh, maybe he'll surprise me. I, I, I thought that he was a good challenger top laner. I, I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't think he's particularly impressive and not certainly not the kind of guy that I expect to be drawing a whole bunch of ganks because we really need to stop Flaxish because he's a huge threat that can potentially, you know, destroy this game for us. And HeQ, heck, I have no idea how to pronounce it. I have no idea if he's going to still be on this team five weeks from now. <laughs> this feels like the kind of guy that you sign because you don't have a long-term option yet and they're going to be watching very carefully in these European challenger qualifiers. And if someone doesn't get in who might be a more talented player, don't be surprised if we don't see a lot of HeQ going forward, especially if he struggles out of the gate early, which how could you not? Your only experience so far is in the Turkish challenger scene. I don't care that you were super massive sister team. I've been in the Turkish challenger scene. He's not going to be LCS ready. It would be a miracle if he's LCS ready. And, you know, sometimes you need a ringer and a miracle. This is the second time in a row I'm going to make this joke. But at this case, I am, uh, I am not convinced by these supporting pieces. But if HeQ turns out to be good, if Memento takes a big leap forward, if Flax just shows me that he's the guy that he was showing signs he could be before he got himself banned for a year for being a, a toxic player in uh, solo queue in 2015... Maybe it all comes together. Maybe we're surprised and we're seeing Giants make another run towards the playoffs because certainly Knight is good enough. Knight is a player that could almost single-handedly earn himself a playoff run, but there's got to be some talent on the rest of this roster to draw away attention from him, and I'm not seeing what that piece is going to be. You do have three young players that have limited experience in the, the upper echelons of the competitive scene. Yes. That is the plus side that they do have out of all three of those players. They do have a chance that one or two of them do hit. Um, I think one of them hitting could potentially help sneak them into the playoffs if they get lucky in, in some of the teams in their group, um, which there's been reports of who their group is. Um, 
haven't been confirmed yet. We'll see. But it seems like a, a doable group. Um, if you know some things hit right and some teams above them don't don't play very well, uh, but it's highly highly likely that it's just going to take way too long for these guys to mesh. I don't think that we've seen anything out of Memento in particular that makes me think that he is going to you know come out and pull a Dardock and be amazing or an Anori or whatever and be some amazing jungler. Um, I think Flaxish probably has the most potential. I've seen him play very well. Like I said, cha- any Challenger series, he was a very, very good top laner. He was very good. He excelled at pulling pressure into his lane and helping out uh, in that regard and, and you know, focusing the jungler's attention on him as opposed to the rest of his team. But we shall see. That is why we play nine weeks of best of three series to determine whether these teams make it to the playoffs. And then they play a three round playoff to see who wins the championship. So we're not players. We're analysts. We do this for a living. Watch our videos, like comment, subscribe down there. And if you like what you see, feel free to reach out to us on social media. You can find me at We haven't done predictions yet. We didn't do predictions. Dude. I don't want to predict this team. I'm That's predict- a great point. I'm predicting them to get relegated. That's my prediction. I think they're the weakest team in the rumored group that we saw. I think that this is a team that needs something more. It could be uh, more experience uh, among the new players that they signed, It you know, just for some, some leadership there. It could be more raw potential. You know, guys like Memento and Flaxus, you have to imagine their ceilings are lower just because we've seen them a bit, you know, enough to say that, you know, we can kind of judge where they're going to land on the spectrum. They just, they, they feel like they're lacking something essential to me. So I have them as a relegation team. If you think I'm wrong, you can find me at Redshirt King. I'd love to talk to you about it. I am, uh, I'm sure that fans of the org in particular are not necessarily going to like all the points I made earlier, but you know, look, I'd, I would love nothing more than for someone from Giants Gaming to come onto this show and talk to us about what it is that they had in mind when they made this roster, because maybe we're just missing something. I would love to find out. So please, let's keep the dialogue going. Let's keep the discussion going. Uh, we really appreciate it. And of course, if you do like this, uh, consider donating to our Patreon. That'd be pretty cool of you. Well, unfortunately for the fans at home, this begins a run of three teams that I think could potentially be bound for relegation. I think there is a clear bottom F tier of teams that are not very good. And this is the first one of them. If you don't agree with that, like I said, C80s underscore LOL. And you can join us tomorrow. We've covered seven Seven teams. Yeah. Seven teams. Got three more to go. Europe and North America. Seven, that's a lot. We got three more days of this, and you can come back tomorrow. We're going to stay in the same country as Giants. Ole, 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 ole. See you then, Internet. Bye. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash pod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com backslash esportsroughdrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, 
and goodbye, Internet.